Hello, I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of RackN and your host for the 2030 podcast. This mini episode is the entry point of a discussion about the Chick-fil-A Edge Kubernetes clusters. And if you haven't looked up the update on this, I really strongly suggest reading that article. Uh, It's the first time they've updated us in over four years. And it really gets to the heart of how building distributed infrastructure works and what the challenges are. And we have a fantastic conversation, although short, uh, about laying the foundations for this. We got interrupted in the middle and we're going to have to pick it back up and we definitely will. But we got to really important thoughts about what edge infrastructure look like, how you pick it, can Kubernetes be used, what is IoT and integration, the design considerations that go into building this environment. So please consider looking at uh, and listening to this podcast as a preview for reading the longer article and then join us again for conversations that we're going to be having in the future. Um, I, this is a fascinating conversation. I, 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 I'm I happy, though, to switch to the one that I, I thought to talk about, which was the Chick-fil-A uh, update. I can post a link. Have you all read? Have you all seen the Chick-fil-A update? Not really. Only the oh. headline. Oh, shoot. Okay. About uh, the uh, Intel nooks and stuff. Yeah. Um, Hold on, I mean, I'll, I'll put a link. Hey, yeah, that's not what I wanted. There it is. Um, I can I can share it on screen too if if you want from a referring referring perspective. Are you all interested in talking about it, or would you rather talk about API durability? <laughs> Happy to talk about uh, any of those topics. Let me let me put the let me put the Chick Fil A on. Uh, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll scroll down, but, um, I found this fascinating. I've talked, I've had a couple of conversations about it. So, uh, four years ago, five years ago, um, Chick-fil-A made a ton of noise, um, about their Kubernetes store deployment on Nooks. Um, and then they went radio silent, um, after that to the, to the extent where it wasn't clear to me if they were, if that was a pilot, a project, something that they'd abandoned, any of that. Um, but, uh, you know, it looks like they, they've been working on it for the last four years. Um, and so they finally um, posted a, an update about what, what they're doing. Um, and in the conversations I've had, I'll if, if start with you. I'll, I'll point out a couple of things that, that um, have seemed important. Um, one of the conversations in here is that um, it, it well, it's Kubernetes. We'll talk about that. But they this, there's a degree of IoT and IoT migration in here that's implied that I find really fascinating. So this isn't just like, oh, I have a whole bunch of Kubernetes clusters in the stores. That's cool. And that's what the article's about. But there's something, the other thing that's interesting here is that that means they're building IoT um, apps doing the interfacing from containers in the Kubernetes. So it's it's Kubernetes apps that they're using for these interfaces. Um, I wish there was more detail about that, but um, 
that's almost as big a component in in the oh wow in this article if if that makes sense right because I've, I've been watching the edge in the iot space for a long time and they are not particularly container savvy or friendly at the moment i i, I would file this as a curiosity um okay. and, and at least from my perspective it, it, it makes sense to do to want to run the iot controller on a redundant platform mm -hmm. um Yeah, it it the 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 part that is curious about it is that they actually chose to make it redundant. Um, like yeah, instead of a, instead of buying a beefier box at the store, which would be easier easier to manage. Well, yeah. or, or 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 even <laughs> just have a, a hot spare or or a cold spare. There there is a degree of overhead in in introducing this as a Kubernetes application. Yes. And then, and then having to migrate your uh, IoT interface gateways and things like that into Kubernetes applications, right? Yeah, that that, that one I'm I'm less concerned about. Um, like I, I I've done plenty of migrations of, of services on onto onto Kubernetes and sure, but particularly with, with IoT. Um, there's less reliance on 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 state persistence than than just working out the current state. So, and particularly like I I'm just scrolling here to to, to their article, and and it seems like they they do sync their their data to to their cloud cluster anyway. So yeah, um, again, it it it, it I I I find it. Odd that they chose a, a Kubernetes cluster, particularly a redundant Kubernetes cluster, for their IoT controller. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they they decided that uh, using off-the-shelf components uh, was more for them more cost-effective than using uh, um, dedicated uh, hardware, or at least uh, at the time, and, and at that point, there is sunk the cost into it, and there's no no point in changing. Mm -hmm. I'm getting I'm getting pulled to transition or um, essentially in the call early based on some home stuff, just as a heads up. No worries. Um, the um oh it's just 10 minutes from now um hmm trying to think of of optimism so this is one of the things what you pointed out was one of the things that i found a little confusing in the mix of this too which is the use of nooks um it it's they're, they're actually not that cheap and they're certainly not industrial grade. Um, I, it, it, it's one of those things where using a commercial off-the-shelf platform compared to just buying a beefy machine that you can rack mount in a in the store has struck me as a little, frankly, a little surprising. 
based on other edge calculations that I've 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 seen done and done myself. Not not to mention the networking costs. I think it's the commodity play. I don't think they were as concerned about cost as opposed to just having in theory plentiful access to devices. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, I, I can okay. see that. Um, it, it gives them the option of replacing the NUC with, with say, uh, a Mac Mini or at least a, a not a yeah. current generation Mac Mini. Mac, um, yeah, you can't you can't pixie boot a Mac Mini, which is actually an important. Their immutable boot is actually an mm. important part of this design. Um, but the NUCs have no out of band management, or the, what they have for out of band management is very difficult to use right and speak as an authority here um because we we've looked at max as a or nooks as a as a you know hobbyist platform um uh, it's hard actually i i mean i i I guess you could attach like a like a spider device to it on on them I, but as soon as you do that, the cost goes back up, right? This is like, yeah. I've seen the same thing with pies, right? I, um, it's, this is funny to me because we built that little uh, four pie edge lab, which is a very similar immutable boot, has a, a controller node built into it. So I was scratching my head on this. I'm like, this is very similar architecturally to something that we, we spent some time building. Um, but by the time you wrapped like people would show me oh here's a raspberry pi here's like i just saw one four four raspberry pies plugged into an itx form factor or they added power or or some type of storage device or a poe the the ad the cost adds to make that happen on it it adds up like that you you spend more on the chassis than you do on the device yep um But but then again, uh, again to to reemphasize Martez's point, um, it could well be that it, it the commodity factor is is the win, is the part that wins out here because yeah. like if you if you go all all in, in into a custom made solution, um, sure when they started. Well, I remember this being several years ago, like before COVID. Then, yeah, the, there was no concern about finding replace like replacement parts. But nowadays, like let's say you build a Raspberry Pi cluster, you cannot get a a, a new Raspberry Pi on, on a quick notice. Thing nobody anticipated. That's right. Pies became very scarce. Yeah. So, um, so actually having um, commodity devices like you, you could take like a Beachbox PC and replace a knock with it. You, but, you could the, the any any hardware swap you do, um, you need a degree of which is not something they talked about. They didn't talk about hardware autonomy here. Um, any hardware swap, I can tell you know has exposes network ordering problems storage ordering problems right um you you you, you know um pixie boot and it, image laydown is actually very you know you have to you have to be aware of those things to make a swap out um 
unfortunately. It's, you know, it's, it's not that. But sorry, go ahead. Well, what I'm more curious about is how this affects their network uh, or particularly cloud connectivity requirements. Because I again I I, I see their like the and at least on their, their initial design uh, that that they still have it pretty tied to their cloud cluster with like with bridges and, and so on. Uh, and an ability to to push updates and, and get styluses there. Um, like I would all this stuff, which it looks like the stores are actually managed by a Git repo that they're yeah. connected to. Yeah. Now, I would think that in what well, one of the things that would drive someone to use a Kubernetes cluster in a store is to allow it to operate completely offline. But this does not seem to have been a design consideration here. Huh. And, and when I mean completely offline, I mean completely disconnected from from the wider network, not 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 land. Well, I, I think there's there, in NAH design, there's there's degrees of this um, where um, where you can be offline for a certain amount of time or you can you can have right. So a, a short term blip versus a permanent blip like a running on a submarine <laughs> versus um, or a battleship. Uh, versus, you know, in a store, there's a, you know, certain outage window where they don't want to, they don't want lunch, you know, they don't want lunchtime to be impacted because the internet's down. But they, you know, at the end of, you know, they they can. I mean, they, they would be, they would be impacted anyway, uh, because of the, their POC needs to be internet connected, unless they yeah. take cash only. Or is it POS, not, not, not POC. POS, yes. Yeah. Right. Uh, those things have different different backups, but you're right. I mean, they wouldn't be able to push an update, maybe, but they could still take credit cards. So it looks like, based upon their references to logging, is that they likely have a backup circuit, whether it's a LTE or something, yeah. for the the store. So they're accounting for variance in bandwidth as a possibility, but very unlikely extended periods of disconnection. Gentlemen, I'm. I need to. I need to drop off. If y'all want to keep talking, I, I can leave the bridge open. Otherwise, um, we can pick this up in the in the future. Sorry. Um, I'll leave it. I'll leave it open if y'all want to keep talking. I'll I'll check in on what y'all talk about. I, I I do actually have to leave in, in a couple of minutes. And anyway, um, I, I'm following uh, uh, currently a, a talk uh, by. Um, by one of the Victor metrics uh, creators on 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 issues with well, current issues with with monitoring on on, on Kubernetes. Um, that sounds interesting too. Yeah. Wow, I wish we'd been able to go the full time on this topic. There's so much to discuss and think about in how applications are migrated into Kubernetes and how to build edge clusters versus uh, how to build cloud clusters. Then we also talk about things like specialized versus commodity hardware. 
Uh, there is so much to talk about here that is right in the wheelhouse of our normal Cloud 2030 conversations, and we will be going back to it. Please come and join us. Be part of these conversations at the 2030.cloud. You can check out our schedule, bring your own ideas and topics. Uh, we love this type of in-depth, deep thought about DevOps infrastructure and automation. I'll see you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN, where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what RackN does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and you know laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.